Hi, this is Ni. I'm the Marketing and Communications Specialist at CARE. I'm Melissa. I'm one of the Violence Prevention Coordinators at CARE, and you are listening to The Narrative Project. Hi, everyone. Elida is here with some of our amazing colleagues. Welcome back to another episode of The Narrative Project, hosted by UCI CARE. UCI Care Office provides free and confidential support services to members of the UCI community impacted by sexual assault, relationship abuse, family violence, and or stalking. UCI Care aims to end these forms of power-based personal violence by engaging the campus community in education, programming, and transformative action. Before we get into today's topic, I'll let everyone introduce themselves with their names, pronouns, their affiliation, where they are calling in from today, and a quick description of themselves and their background. I can go ahead and get started. Hi everyone, I'm Elida. I use she, her pronouns. I'm a marketing and communications intern at the care office. I'm calling in from Irvine. I'm wearing a black t-shirt and a dark gray hijab, glasses and orange necklace. I'm in a white walled room. There's a white door and a record player behind me and a calendar on the wall. I can go ahead and go next. So my name is Hazal. My pronouns are she, they. I am an outreach and prevention education intern with the CARE office. I'm calling in from Irvine, California, and currently I'm wearing a gray turtleneck with a checkered blazer, and I have my hair half up, half down, and it's dark and shoulder length, and I have a UCI CARE blue background. I can go next. So hello, everyone. My name is Mika. I'm the UCI CARE admin marketing intern, and I use she, they pronouns. I currently am wearing a yellow cardigan. I have my hair down and stark and black, and I have the same background as Hazal, which is a blue UCI CARE background with contact information and a cute little anteater in the corner. I'll go next. My name is Jody. My pronouns are she and her, and I am a fourth year criminology major. I'm calling from Anaheim, California, and I am underdressed. I'm wearing a t-shirt that says always tired. I have medium length blonde hair, and I'm in a white room with clothes hanging in the back. I'll go next. My name is Anna. My pronouns are she, her. I'm calling from Flagstaff, Arizona. I'm a UCI alum and I currently go to school at Northern Arizona University. I'm wearing glasses and a blue turtleneck and a green sweater and I have purple walls in the background. Okay, I'll go. My name is Irene. I use she, her pronouns. I was invited by Hazal to speak today, although I do currently attend UCI. I'm calling in from Cupertino, and I'm currently wearing a dark blue floral blouse, and I have dark brown slash black shoulder length hair, and my background is a UCI care information background that's blue. Thank you all. So for our 10th episode today, we're going to be exploring and discussing and talking in depth about online dating and consent. So for our first question is, have you ever used a dating app? If so, are you comfortable with sharing which one you did use? What was your favorite and how was your experience? I can go first. I have used a dating app before. It's been quite a long time, I would say. It's been like two years, but I've used Tinder and Bumble. And I think Tinder was my favorite because I didn't have to make the first move. And it was like fun because it looked like a game. So you would just like match and swipe and whatever. Um, My experience was fine I guess I mean online dating is kind of horrifying putting yourself out there also like you don't know if this person is real or a catfish or not so I was a little hesitant at first but I think it was maybe like a 7 out of 10 experience 
I can go. So I actually did not download the first app. I used my friends made a Tinder account for me as like a joke, but not really back in freshman year. So I did use it because I was like, well, it got made. So like, there's no point letting it go to waste. And I also downloaded Hinge later on because one of my friends told me the guys there were more mature, even though I think that's questionable. But I thought it was like fun at first, but it was just like kind of overwhelming trying to like genuinely like talk to like a lot of guys at like any given point. I think it's like and like also I was kind of uncomfortable with the fact that I knew it was definitely like superficial in the beginning because people do swipe on you because of how you look and stuff and like that wasn't something I was that hyped about so I was like I don't think like I didn't expect anything serious out of like replying to anyone although it was nice not having to make the first move. So I've used Bumble like a couple times. The first time was I think about two, two and a half years ago. And the second time was like this past fall. And both times it was like just for fun. Um, like Jody said, it kind of feels like a game at first and it's fun to get attention. But also both times I did end up talking to one specific person for like a long period of time and like it went like pretty far. So that was actually surprising to me because I feel like a lot of people think it's like superficial and you won't meet people that you really get along with. So that's been my experience, but it's definitely a lot of fun and it can be overwhelming once you realize that they're all real people that you're talking to. So that can be a little scary. All right. Our next question is, what do you think about dating apps as a whole? I think they are definitely interesting. There's so many different apps out there now with different like ways to pique people's different interests. And like, cause I know there's Bumble, Hinge, Grindr, Tinder. There's other ones too, but I think they're kind of like another form of social media because it's like how you want to be portrayed and what you want to put out there when you can just kind of fake it and lie and say like, oh, I'm a model, but you're really just like, not a model you're just a regular person and you're only doing that to try to get more likes or more like matches and whatnot and then when you actually get to know the person it's just an act and it's all fake one of my tinder dates it was literally so horrible he drove out from san gabriel valley and this sounds very superficial but when he came out of his car he was not as tall as i thought he was and he was not a sharp dresser and when he took me to our date he said that he bought our movie tickets at the kid's price. And then he asked me if I wanted anything from the concession stand because he had coupons. So that was an experience. So dating apps are just like social media, I guess. I think they definitely have pros and cons because one good thing about it is you go into it knowing that like most or all of the people there are looking for a dating like interest like they're not just like out to make friends whereas like in real life it's a lot more risky for people to approach people or like ask them out or whatever because they don't know if that's their intention whereas on dating apps everyone's kind of in the same game but it can be sketchy if the people are not who they say they are or they're saying things that are misleading and I know some people get really defensive about that too this is funny I recently made a TikTok series about like I saw something that men were saying women care so much about their height on dating apps and then they said like they wanted to know women's weight or something like that so I said that was silly and I immediately had ton of, tons of men like coming at me in the comments saying like no like you need to tell us because the pictures can be misleading um like women are always catfishing us like they were really defensive about it and they were also defensive about their height and their own what they thought were their shortcomings so I think that really revealed kind of the negative side of dating apps that 
that people are really like nervous about how they're going to be perceived and they're very quick to attack people if they don't think they're being perceived the right way. I really agree with all of that. Just the idea of like asking for someone's weight. I feel like because weight is just generally like so much more like there's so much more negative stigma around weight. But honestly, I can't say that I found like anything like super negative about like both using like Tinder and Hinge because like I kind of knew what I was getting myself into. I was just like, this is super like for me, it felt like superficial. But I was like, also, this is like super casual because I know I'm not on here to necessarily look for a relationship. But I feel like it was definitely like putting my like I had to put myself out of my comfort zone, like talking to guys and stuff because like, honestly, I have like I do not have good luck talking to guys. So that was a huge learning curve through Hinge and Tinder. And I actually did go on a date with someone from Tinder, but I did not like it because our date was okay. But like at the end, he sent a text afterwards that was very explicit. And I was like, what? And then he was like, oh, my friend typed that. And I was like, yeah, okay. And then I was like, I never want to do this again. I've had a somewhat similar experience to that on Tinder. I matched with this guy and the first thing he sent me was, do you bop? And I had to Google that because I didn't know what bop meant. Like, is that like a dance move? And basically it's like different ways of saying like, do you get blowjobs? Which was very odd to say straight off the bat with someone you just met with. But I mean, I feel like Tinder has a different type of message. Like if you're on Tinder, you're trying to like find a hookup or anything like that. Like it's not for serious relationships like Bumble or Hinge or like Coffee Meets Bagel or like something like that. So I feel like when I was on Tinder, I used it not to find a soulmate or anything like that. I just wanted male attention and um, I guess a special friend. Kind of seems like the longer the app is around, the more it kind of leans toward that purpose. Because I feel like when Tinder first started, it was more of just a dating app. And then as newer ones were introduced, Tinder became more of the hookup app. And then now Bumble's kind of going that way too. And then they just keep coming up with new ones. And everyone says, oh, this newest one is like the most wholesome. Like they were saying that about Hinge for a while. And now I feel like Hinge is starting to go that way too. So I think they're constantly coming up with kind of new ways to present the same thing. And then the same people are on all the apps. So that's kind of funny too. All right. So how about some benefits of online dating? What are some pros of using online dating apps? I think first it's low commitment because you can match with like a hundred people if you wanted and you could ignore all of them or you could pick a couple to talk to or like you could delete the app and just like forget it ever happened. And I mean, people might be upset, but it's not the same as like meeting people in real life and then ghosting them, in my opinion. And then like I mentioned before, like, you know what people's motives are most of the time. It's like pretty clear and they can even put it in their profile. Whereas in real life, like you don't always know what someone's looking for unless you outright ask them. And it's not like scrolling through a database, (laughs) which you can do on dating apps. I agree. I feel like for me, dating apps are like a lot less high stake. So more low stake because, okay, (laughs) not that I would ever ghost, but hypothetically, like if I didn't like where a conversation was going and like, I don't like just in general with like everyone I matched with, you can just delete the app. And like, like you said, it's like, it never happened, which I find very convenient (laughs) because sometimes you just really don't want to be reminded of like what happened on the app. But also, I do think it is, like, kind of a good way to see, like, I guess who's in the area. Because, like, there's only so many people you're actually, like, going to meet and, like, talk to on a college campus. And, like, there are definitely people on dating apps that, like, you might not, like, ever meet if it wasn't for the fact that they were on that dating app. So I feel like it's good in that sense, especially, like, 
made me feel like new somewhere like you don't necessarily have to like look for like a special friend or like a romantic relationship but like if you just wanted to meet someone who's in a different city and just happened to be on a dating app like you could which I feel makes it kind of convenient I feel like a pro of dating apps is just like it's a passive way to meet people because not everyone, especially now during COVID, not everyone has like the luxury to go out and just like create these organic relationships. Or also like people are not really comfortable talking to someone out of the blue or like, you know, making the first move. So I feel like with online dating, it definitely like gives people the opportunity to be more confident in their own home. Also, like you get to see like what you like and what you don't like, like right away. You don't have to waste that much time. And I have ghosted someone before. And honestly, I wish I felt more bad, but it was, it was like the coupons guy and I don't feel bad at all. It was horrible. Online dating, it just, it just makes it easier, I guess, to meet people and easier to connect with them as well. And also sometimes on Tinder or like any other app, they include the Instagram. So you can like figure out what's going on in their lives before committing or trying to go out with them and figuring out their catfish or not. I think another thing is it's all based in messaging at least at first. So you can take as long as you want to reply and like think of what you want to say. And for people that like get more nervous in social situations, like we said, it like gives you more confidence because you like come up with like a great opener that you might've spent all day thinking of, but it's much less pressure than like talking to people in real time. But then it also makes it harder to show your real personality. I think sometimes some people are just dry texters and then you meet them in real life and they're really nice. So it, that can be good or bad. So you guys brought up an interesting point, which leads us to our next question is, how has dating changed since the pandemic and shelter in place? And how has it changed for you personally? I'll go first. I actually am in a relationship. I met my partner actually organically a couple of years ago. So we have been dating since before the pandemic, but I have friends who are on dating apps and I know their experiences are very different from mine. My friend has a partner and he is very safe. He quarantines just for her in hopes of seeing her. And my, I guess, brother-in-law, he has been on dating apps too. And I guess some people are like really eager to meet and come over on the first like hang out, which is very different from how it used to be before. Cause usually you kind of like wait till like the third date or the second date to come over. But I feel like with shelter in place now, I think people are more eager to meet at the same time while like being safe. But that's just, I guess my experience doesn't matter because I'm in a relationship. I was like not even dating anyone at all before COVID started to begin with. So my life didn't change that much. But then I moved to a new city for grad school and I was just bored. And that's how I ended up like going on an app again. And I think people were really, for the most part, most of the people I saw were pretty cautious about COVID and like wanting to be really careful before meeting up, which I think was good. But then there's also definitely people who like don't care and they're specifically going on the app because they're looking for other people who don't care about precautions and will just go and do whatever. But I think it just adds another layer of like, even after the pandemic is over, like I'm going to consider like, was this person careful during COVID? Like, did they take precautions? Were they considerate of others? Like, those are some like red flags now. I think if you ask them something about it and they were like, oh, COVID wasn't real or I went to concerts or parties or whatever, like I think it adds another layer of like screening questions. Okay, so I'm personally not actively like looking to date anyone and I also haven't been for like the past 21 years. <laughs> but I'll like so 
because I haven't been on these apps in a really long time but I know a couple of my friends have but like no like I feel like none of them are really there in like hopes of like seriously like finding someone to like talk to and maybe eventually like meet up with like at some point during COVID or like afterwards I feel like everyone's kind of just on there because they're like bored and they're just like this is like another place where I guess you could like go to find people like on dating apps just like to talk to like what's the expectation of like nothing happening our next question i don't know how applicable it would be but it is have you had any virtual first dates or dates generally and if you have how did they go and what was it like talking to someone without being in person it's not applicable for me because i see my partner every weekend so i'll just skip this one (laughs) But I know that I've seen like some people go on virtual dates, like on Instagram and stuff like that. And like some people like it, some people don't. I know people go on picnics, but I don't really know from firsthand. I didn't do a virtual date. I like was talking to a guy and like we texted for a while before we were like, okay, well, like let's meet up. And it was like in public, outside, socially distanced. There were a lot of precautions taken just to get to that point. And it did make me really nervous and it made my roommate really nervous. And so I was like, "Mm, maybe that wasn't a great idea. But also the idea of a virtual date also sounds so strange to me because I only FaceTime like my best friends and like my family. So I feel like FaceTiming a stranger would feel weird to me, but I keep seeing ads for it that that's what people are doing. So maybe it works for some people. I don't know. Yeah, I like literally have nothing to contribute to the experience of online dating, but not gonna lie, some of the date ideas that people come up with have been pretty creative, especially on those relationship Instagrams. Those are so cute. Like, I don't know, just like doing like a Netflix party day or just like cooking together over like FaceTime or something. I think that's like kind of wholesome. I agree. I've seen this, like, I don't know if you guys know who she is, but she's like a content creator from New York and her name is like Cafe Maddie and she's had like a lot of Zoom dates and she teaches like her date teaches her how to cook something and then she teaches them how to cook something and it's like so wholesome and cute and precious and I wish my boyfriend was like that but he's like babe turn on my stream and I'm like sure. I almost feel like this whole thing has like forced people to be more wholesome and like be creative like I'm sure there's some people that are still just meeting up no matter what but I think some people are really putting in a lot of effort. So maybe that's one good thing that came out of COVID. Yeah, I kind of feel like having to like come up with like good like virtual date ideas is like kind of like made people realize you don't always have to go to like the nicest place or like spend a lot of money just to like have like a nice date. You can easily like do it at home like if you really put in the effort and it's like something you and your date both obviously enjoy. So what are some challenges building relationships online? It doesn't really have to be romantic relationships at that. It can just be any relationships and connections. I think like a challenge nowadays with technology and all that and social media, I've read, I heard this somewhere and I think it's true, but like texting and like messaging online creates a false sense of intimacy. And like the more you talk to someone, you may think like our relationship is so strong. Like he's so good to me or they're so good to me and they're great. And, you know, I really trust him. But I think at the end of it, it's just like, oh, just because they reply to you doesn't really mean that there is like a relationship there. And I feel like that's really something to consider, especially now, because you don't want to like, I guess, get your hopes up. But I have been able to reconnect with some people that I like went to high school with and we had a falling out. And I think like creating those type of connections is kind of, 
it's superficial to be honest, but I think it's easy to do. Like a lot of my friends, they comment on like when I buy something from Trader Joe's and I say it's good and then we go back and forth about it. And then like we talk about like food, like I always am like posting food and stuff like that. So then I feel like I get a lot of people who... I get a lot of people who like ask me about that or like we talk about that for like a little bit, but I'm not like trying to call them my best friend or my close, like my homie, you know, I just think it's important to kind of like reevaluate where you stand with that person and like kind of not get caught up in the fact that you apply to each other. I think there's sort of like a fatigue that came on this past year with trying to maintain existing friendships and relationships, because if you were doing everything virtually, like zoom parties facetimes like there were times i literally had like a schedule of like who i was supposed to facetime that week and i just got so tired of it because when you're hanging out with someone in person you can have like comfortable silences or you're doing activities or you're walking or whatever but then on zoom or facetime you feel like you have to be talking the whole time and even if you're an extroverted person that can be really exhausting so i think if you're trying to build a new relationship and especially if it's long distance or something like that like having to message and call on facetime like for some people that can be really draining and then the other person sees it as they're not putting in effort and I think it comes down to a lot of times love languages like even with your friends like if you're a words of affirmation person it's really easy for you to send like super nice texts to remind your friends that you care about them but if you're more of a quality time person that might be harder for you because you're not there in person to have that so I think it really just depends on what kind of relationships you're trying to maintain or build and what kind of person you are. No I agree with like both of your guys's points like I actually prefer like texting above like all other forms of communication like FaceTime or like Skype or like I don't even know what else is out there but I also found it really like I used to be the kind of person where like I knew for some people it was like harder to like get back like within a timely manner or something like through text but like even if people are like oh I'm sorry I was just like too tired to respond I'd be like I know you saw that text but like now I'm like no I get it like it's exhausting to like have to respond to like a lot of things to like a lot of different people and like I literally have to schedule time to respond to people because otherwise I just get so burnt out but I mean I still like do like tech I think it's like a really fast way to like check up on people or like even if they don't respond it's just like you're putting it out there that like you care and like if they're ready to talk or like vent or like whatever they need to do like you'll still be there. I was going to say I've had a lot of experience with building relationships online because I'm currently in a long distance relationship <laughs> where we don't get to see each other. And it's a lot. It's very difficult. And it's a lot of communication and a lot of talking and a lot of boundary setting, actually, because of like people being tired and like having schoolwork and like maybe not wanting to talk at certain times or like having different schedules and things like that. So. I agree with what all of you have said. Those are great points. So we're slowly shifting to creating boundaries and um, consent. So our next question is, how has consent and setting boundaries shifted in dating since the pandemic? I definitely have started to set more boundaries with my partner during the pandemic. At the beginning, 
it was like kind of cool that we had all this like free time to spend together and I knew that he wasn't working and I wasn't working so I could be like oh like what are you up to I can call him anytime I wanted text him anytime I wanted I could honestly come over when anytime I wanted but well since it's been a year almost I really value my alone time and my time to just take to myself and not talk to anybody not respond to anybody and I feel like this past year, we have definitely like have been in the same room together, but like we both were doing our own things and we respected that for each other. And like we had our own times to his own things. Like I was doing homework all the time and he was like, he's a, trying to be a Twitch streamer. So he's dreaming and playing video games and stuff like that. So we both like respected that time and those boundaries we set for each other. And I think that has made us a stronger couple because we respect our time and we don't expect too much from each other and like try to like hang out with each other every moment we can type of thing. Yeah I feel like even early on like even if you just start talking to a person like I find it really important to communicate to them like what like your life is like at the time and how much free time you have because even if you're just texting sometimes people get really like upset if you don't reply or like if you don't have time to see them or whatever so I always lead with like hey like I'm a full-time student if you can't handle that like I'm not the one for you like I have a lot going on um my priorities are all over the place and then I think other boundaries like I mentioned before just like with the pandemic like how seriously people take it I think you need to be with someone who shares the same perspective as you on what's safe and you have to agree on what's safe because your bubble can quickly grow from the people you live with to the people that they're dating to like their families, whatever. So communicating with everyone, not just someone that you're in a relationship with or dating. I agree. Like, I think it's really important, like, especially now to literally be setting like physical and mental boundaries. I think like safety is definitely an issue for me, even if it's like just meeting up with like other friends. I'm like, unless I know for sure that like you haven't gone out, you haven't been partying, blah, 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 blah. I'm like not meeting up because I know that the risk is too much. And like both my parents are immunocompromised. So I'm just like, I'm not willing to like risk it just to see you for like two hours or something. But that being said, so that means I usually do talk to people online, like through FaceTime or like Zoom or whatever. And even though like everything's in the same place, so like location wise and stuff, it's like not inconvenient. It's like sometimes very hard to separate like my school life, then like my social life, and then just like me time because it's all happening in like the same room. So like, I feel like I've gotten better about telling people like, or like making it clear that like, I won't be like online, like responding, like I'll see the things you send me, but don't expect like a response right away because I just want like time to like wind down before that happens. I feel like part of the question was about consent. And I think that's also something, I don't know if it's just like the people that I'm around or like things that I see on social media, the accounts I follow, but I feel like consent has been a big conversation for a couple of years. And I think with COVID especially, like you really have to be clear with people. Like people keep using analogies of like COVID with like safe sex because it's like, you have to be honest about the number of people you hang out with. Just like you'd want to be honest with your partner about how many partners you've had, just like for safety. And I think that's a perfect analogy. And yeah, it's like, if you lie to one person, like you don't know how many other people they could be with. 
I don't know, I had issues in the fall where I was hanging out with some people from my grad school cohort because we're kind of grouped into smaller groups and there were only 16 of us in a group. So I was like, oh great, like I can hang out with people within this group. And then I found out that tons of them had roommates that were outside the program. They had significant others. They had gone to visit family. They had gone on trips. And I was like, whoa. So then I just stopped hanging out with everyone. And I feel like dating can go the same way where if the person's not 100% open with you, you really have no idea what you're getting yourself into. I feel like, okay, this hasn't happened to me in dating. It was actually a family member, but like he wasn't entirely honest about who he was with and he did travel during this pandemic. And I was really, really mad because I was like, I'm sacrificing like my social life and everything, like stay home. And like, here you are, first of all, like doing this in the first place. And second, like you weren't being honest about it with like me or my parents. So like, I got very annoyed with that. But yeah, I think it's like definitely like, even if someone like I think honesty is really important especially with consent because like I would rather hear like what someone has like done or like who they've been with if it means that like I'll know what I'm getting myself into or like being able to like set boundaries and like give consent. I think these are all really great points that you've brought up so thank you all for sharing your insight and experiences. I'm really grateful that we've been able to cultivate this space to talk about such an important topic. With that being said, this marks the end of the first half of our discussion. But to our listeners, please come back and enjoy the next episode where we will be continuing this conversation on online dating and consent. Thanks for tuning into the Narrative Project Podcast. We hope you all enjoy the dialogue we had today. Please remember, should you need support from the care office, please call us at 949 949- 824-7273 or email us at care at uci.edu. Our services are available to UCI students, staff, and faculty members Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. PST. The UCI Counseling Center is available at 949-824-6457 and offers 24-hour access to counselors by phone. And for Waymaker's 24-hour hotline, uh, they can be contacted at 949-831-9110 in South Orange County or 714-957-2737 for North Orange County. And provide, they can provide resources and referrals for survivors of sexual assault. Human Auctions 24-hour hotline is available at 877-854-854. 3594 and provides resources, safety, and support for individuals experiencing relationship abuse. For those outside of Orange County, the National Sexual Assault Hotline can be reached at 1-800-656-4673 or through online chat at rain.org. That's R-A-I-N-N dot O-R-G for resources and referrals for survivors of sexual assault. And the National Domestic Violence Hotline can be reached at 1-800-799-7233 or through online chat at thehotline.org. That's T-H-E-H-O-T-L-I-N-E dot O-R-G for resources and referrals for survivors of individuals experiencing relationship abuse. If you enjoyed listening to this episode, Please be sure to share it with someone you know and join us for our next conversation. Bye for now.